All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Hop Talk. It's Matt Lawrence and Al Littell with you. Our first episode of 2021. I know we've been slacking a little bit on pumping out the episodes, Al, but I want to tell the people a little bit about what we have going on. It's been a really busy last two months um, here at Johns Hopkins. Our students are back here on campus. They're having some in-person classes. Our teams are rearing up, ready to go. Everybody at this point is competing in some storm or some sort of fashion. Um, we got all of our teams practicing. So if you go outside at Homewood Field, pretty much any time from 7 a.m. to, to 8 p.m., you're going to see some John Topkin student athletes practicing out there, um, getting their workouts in. Our basketball teams are in the gym getting some work in. Volleyball is back in action as well. And our men's and women's lacrosse teams, they, uh, they are off. Their seasons got underway at the end of February. And they've already gotten a couple games under their belt. We're going to talk later in this episode with a couple men's lacrosse players. Cole Williams, Connor DeSimone, and Connor Delaney will join us later on this episode. We'll hear from them about how the start of the men's lacrosse season has gone and kind of what that, that preseason period looked like with a new coaching staff and, and uh, just you know trying to compete and play um, during a worldwide pandemic. But Al, I want to kick it over to you real quick. Give the people a little update. Um, as far as your your organizational programming has gone, your student programming, what the last two months have looked like for you and what, you know, the next couple of weeks uh, have in store for you. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Um, you know, first and foremost, it's it's obviously a really exciting time for us. Um, you know, I think we we maybe didn't anticipate last March that it would take this long to get to where we are. But, um, you know, the emotions are, are really positive right now around, around campus, around Homewood Field and, and having the athletes back and just seeing what what it means to them to be around their team um, with their coaches and, and, and having some opportunity to, to get out there and just release some of that stress, right? It's been a long time going. So I'm um, really excited about that. Um, you know, as we talked in the, in the fall episodes, you know, we had shifted all our, our student development programming to, to virtual. And, and I think, um, you know, we, we had planned on doing a lot of that again in the spring and, and we have been, and that's been going really well. One of the things we've really been focusing on, um, you know, with with teams individually, captains, leaders uh, of those organizations is, is kind of how to build their culture and how to implement our new first year student athletes to their team. Right. Um, you know, we had this interesting scenario where um, none of our first year athletes last fall were actually physically here. Um, so all of their opportunities to meet their upperclassmen uh, kind of get ingrained with that that team culture was over over Zoom, uh, phone calls, group meetings or however else they're, they're communicating with each other. Um, and then one of the big things we really want to focus on is, hey, you have these, these group of first year athletes that hasn't stepped foot on campus, hasn't been in a practice, hasn't been in an in-person team meeting, hasn't been able to look up to those leaders and see why they are in those types of positions. So really trying to work creatively with our, our programming to focus on how do, we, how do we show these younger athletes the way that we do things um, and, and really kind of buy in right away. Because one of the things we've talked about a lot with our teams too is, you know, we're, we're only two months left of the semester or under that at this point, right? And then next year you have a whole nother group of first-year athletes. So that's about 50% of our teams that, that really didn't have the same experience they normally would. So really trying to focus on that, um, you know, kicking off some community engagement opportunities and, and working with some of our student orgs there um, to try to build some relationships to, um, to start focusing in within the Baltimore community. So it's, it's been really exciting. Um, I think as we probably expected, it's been a little hectic and a little crazy. Our, our athletes are kind of all over the place right now. And, uh, you know, with all our teams practicing at once in the spring is not, not usually the way we run things. And 
you know, working in smaller groups has, has made um, some of those time constraints a little bit more real where students are lifting, like you mentioned, at seven in the morning and they might have small group practices at, at eight o'clock at night. So just trying to find some times to do that programming, but it's been really good and it's been really good for just the physical and mental health of our student athletes to be back together. Yeah, you mentioned it's almost the end of March, or I guess we can look at it as almost the end of March. It's the middle of March right now. It's March 18th that we're recording this, which is a crazy thought considering that generally on a March 18th, we have, we may still have basketball going on. We generally will have a baseball team that has played 15, 16 games already. They would generally be down in Florida competing on their spring break tournament. We'd be right in the thick of lacrosse season, but now Lau, we're going to get all of these events in a condensed form over the next month and a half for a quick update um, for those that, maybe wondering what this spring will look like for our fall and winter teams. They are practicing currently. Some teams are, you know, they're looking to schedule scrimmages against other D3 schools in the area, whether they be other centennial schools, um, other local programs. You look at a Stevenson, a Salisbury, um, some other schools that are in the area. So they're going to do their best to at least get some sort of competition. From my end, I can promise everybody that any, event that is going to be held here at Johns Hopkins. We're going to do our best to broadcast it. So parents at home, you will be able to watch your son, your daughter, um, regardless of where they may be and when they may be playing. So we will do our best to, to be able to provide a live stream. We're going to look into some, maybe some creative ways of doing that, whether I, you know, mic up some players, some coaches, something to, you know, to make you feel at home, like you, uh, you can actually be here, whether it be a gold farm or at Homewood Field. I did mention men's and women's across. Their seasons are underway already. The men coming off of a big win last weekend against Penn State. They'll take on Rutgers this Saturday. And like I mentioned at the top of this episode, we're going to hear from a trio of men's lacrosse players, Connor DeSimone, Connor Delaney, and Cole Williams will join us to talk about the season. Two and two so far, a big matchup against Rutgers, second place in the Big Ten on the line this Saturday at Homewood Field. As for the women's team, head coach Janine Tucker's squads currently sits at two and four. They're off this weekend. They'll be back in action next week, coming off of a heartbreaking loss a week ago at the hands of their rival, Maryland. John Hopkins has never beaten Maryland in their program history. Last Friday, we thought, Al, we thought that was going to be our shot, falling in overtime to the Terps. Maryland scored with, I believe, six seconds left in that first overtime period. But as you look at the lacrosse season so far, you got to be, you know, pleasantly surprised as, as to what we've seen so far from both the men's and women's side, right, Al? Yeah, and I think, um, you know, watching week to week, uh, you see the improvement um, and, and you see it growing exponentially in both squads. And I think one of the big things to take into account is, um, you know, not having that fall, typical fall season, right, to, to get our underclassmen ready to go, to start putting in new systems, especially on the men's side with the whole new coaching staff. Um, and, you know, even their, their typical preseason was limited to, you know, squad limits and kind of our smaller group work to start. So it, it's been really impressive to watch them progress from week to week um, and, and see that. And, and last Friday with our women's program was a testament to that. They played very, very well. Um, and I, I, like you, felt like we were pulling away with a win that week. Um, but, you know, the, the fortunate thing for all our teams in the Big Ten is they get another shot uh, at each one of those teams they play the second time around. Absolutely. And we, you know, you mentioned the coaching staff turnover on the men's side, on the women's side as well. New offensive coordinator, Kristen Carr, she didn't get a fall practice period to work with the offense after taking over 
for Steel Stanwick last summer. So a lot of turnover on both sides, but a successful start to the season, I think everybody would say. And now we're going to kick it over to our interview with Cole Williams, Connor Simone, and Connor Delaney. We'll hear a little bit more about that men's lacrosse season. We hope you enjoy this interview on Hop Talk. Here, here they are, Connor Delaney, Cole Williams, and Connor Simone. All right, as we just mentioned, members of the Johns Hopkins men's lacrosse team join us now on Hop Talk. We got Connor Delaney and Connor Simone. We wanted to have Cole Williams on today's show, but a, uh, a scheduling conflict. I know you guys are busy with practice and class and everything. Couldn't find a time uh, to get the three of them together, but we're lucky enough to have Simone and Delaney, the two Connors, on Hop Talk with us, joining Al and myself. Guys, we'll, uh, we'll kind of just start off, um, you know, just quickly looking back on the last couple of weeks to be back out on the field, get a couple games under your belt in the progression that I think we've all seen um, out of this team over the last four weeks. I'll start, I'll start uh, with Connor Simone. You, you know, senior been here a while, um, been able to kind of see and grow um, with this team from your freshman year. Where are some of the, uh, the biggest improvements that you've seen from, when we stepped on the field at the beginning of January, you know, to, uh, to where we're at now. Yeah, definitely. I think it's been a great experience so far. And I think one of the biggest improvements that we've had from the years prior to what we have now is definitely our, our resiliency and our, our sense of maturity from week to week. And I'm, I'm sure you guys can see that in the Ohio State game to now. It's where Ohio State, we kind of rolled the ball out, play as hard as we can, didn't have much in, to now where we're really starting to put our bodies on the line and give everything that we have for our teammates and and for our coaching staff and just that desire to win and make those tough plays. It's, it's really inspiring to watch and see our defense doing a great job and our offense doing a great job and just the maturity from week to week has been special. And I'll let, I'll let Al hop in here in a second, but I did just quickly want to follow up on that, that the Penn state game last week, that was, especially in that third and fourth quarter, that was about as much fun as I have seen you guys have in quite a long time, a 10 0 run, you know, for a group of guys that hadn't beaten Penn State, you know, in their time here, they've gotten the best of us the last couple of meetings. But is that something that, you know, this coaching staff is kind of, you know, trying to instill in you guys to go out there and have some fun, the celebrations after the goals, the defense coming down, celebrating with the offense, um, you know, after goals are scored. What has that been like, um, you know, just growing as, uh, as a team and, you know, having that much fun out there again? I mean, it's, it's awesome, honestly. I mean, I know, just a side note, I've, I've never been Penn State until last week in my career, and I've been here for four years. So that, that was something awesome to me. But as a group, you know, it's not, not what the coaches are forcing on us, and it's, it's all authentic, you know, and there's nothing different. We just love each other, and we love these guys. And I go to battle with these guys. I go to war with these guys, and I have their back, and they have mine. So I think just it's not – it's just seeing other guys do great things is inspiring to me, and – it gets us fired up. So when Alex Mabbitt has that, that goal after whatever to close that 9-0 run, you can, you can see the Benji erupt and Joey Epstein running out sidelines and just celebrate and have some fun. Like you just see the Benji erupt because it's not even that we're doing, it's just the small things that get us fired up and, and our love for each other and our love for the game is just, it's amplified this year uh, compared to years past. Yeah. I mean, one thing I'll say is, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be sitting in the, in the, the VIP seats during your games in the penalty box, right? So you can hear things and you can see things. And, you know, as a former coach, you know, that's the stuff you like, right? That's the stuff you miss is that game day, like that electricity and like you talk about and just getting fired up. So that's definitely something I've seen. Even, you know, I pay attention to those things, right? How are people talking to each other? Who are lifting people up when they're making a mistake or 
um, definitely, you know, the, the celebrations and, and just the energy is something that I haven't felt. And it's, it's been awesome to see. Yeah, I've never gotten more fired up for two-handed ground balls and diving out end lines than I ever have in my lacrosse career. So it's, all, it's awesome to see, that, like, all the guys buying in and seeing the top-down leadership from Epstein, Williams, and Liner just diving out everything and picking up tough GBs. We'll hop over to Connor Delaney here. Um, for those listening, a great story was published today um, in the Baltimore Sun on Connor and his, you know, transition um, from basketball over to over back into the lacrosse field. Um, so, Connor, I don't want to really harp on that too much. People can go read the story. They can watch um, the video I did with you last week on the pregame show. You know, maybe for people that don't necessarily know, you know, how things started when you first joined the team, but just how the team um, has kind of, you know, adapted to you um, and some guys on the defense that, you know, you've kind of been trying to learn from since, since you first got here. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'll start by saying that, um, just like Connor said, it's been a, such a blast to play with this team all year. Um, you know, doing the little things, playing for each other, it's been it's been great. Um, but I mean, back to when I first got on the team, um, my first impression impression was um, a bunch of guys like Deso, um, Cole Williams, Jack Line, Joey Epstein, Evan Zinn, Kyle Prouty, and them all texting me and just saying that they were excited to have me, excited to get to work with me. And, that definitely kind of eased a little anxiety that I had um, moving into a new group of guys. Um, and as soon as we stepped on the field, everything, um, you know, everyone's focus was just on getting better every day. And that's something that I love to see. It's, it's something that, um, you know, for the past three years, my basketball team has been really, really good about. It's, it's about, you know, doing the little things each day to improve, just get 1% better. And I think that's, um, you know, from our first practice back whenever it was in early January. Um, I definitely saw that out of everyone, especially our D guys. Um, and then speaking to who I tried to learn off of, um, definitely Jack Line. Um, you know, he, he took an immediate leadership role with our, our group of guys. Um, he's been great at talking every day, uh, you know, with, with us and, and making sure we're on the same page. Um, but then other guys like, um, you know, like Owen McManus, um, and even some of our short stick defensive midfielders like, uh, you know, Jake Lilly and, and Alex Babbitt. It's been, it's been good to watch them play, watch how they go about their business and, and try to replicate as much as I can and then just try to do, do what I know I can do well. One, one thing that, um, you know, I got to work with both you guys in our Blue Jays lead program and I've been obviously very impressed with both of you and, and enjoyed that time. And, um, you know, kind of two different questions here. Connor, DeSimone, you know, I know we talked a little bit early in the fall about kind of, you know, going through uh, pandemic shortened year last year, um, a coaching change over the summer, and then not being on, on the field in the fall and being able to welcome those first-year students here. Um, you know, what were some of the things you did to lead them and kind of welcome into your culture? Um, and then kind of Delaney, just knowing that you're a leader, you know, uh, in any field or court you step on, but, you know, what was that like more so coming from being a captain of the basketball team to, you know, was there hesitancy in terms of how you lead on the lacrosse program? So those are kind of things I want to hear about. Um, kind of do some money could probably start first thing we did really was just it was really important to have that open line of communication with the younger guys and the transfers and even Connor when he got um, put on the team is just kind of establish that culture and make sure that everyone's buying in and at first we didn't really know our identity and I think that we were trying to figure it out and the upperclassmen were doing a great job to kind of figure out who we were and who we want to be and what team we're going to mold into but I think that our culture and our identity really came within the first few weeks of practice 
in our in our first few games and we realized what we're good at and what we can roll with and how we're going to win games and what we need to be to be the best possible version of ourselves so I think that just that open line of communication making sure everyone's on the same page and everyone and everyone from top to bottom is like getting better one percent every single day I'll just speak into um to your question I mean I've I know myself as a very vocal leader on the basketball court. Um, I'm sure if you've been to a game, you've probably heard me, you know, yelling out either plays or stuff on the sideline or stuff like that. But I knew it was going to be, you know, I definitely changed when I came to the lacrosse team. I, I can't walk in day one. You know, a lot of the guys have never really interacted with me and then try to be a vocal leader. I had to kind of take a back seat and um, kind of just, learn from the older guys, learn from the guys that have been on the team. And, and um, you know, as I started getting more comfortable, I started to um, feel that I could take um, a bit more of a kind of lead by example and, and background vo vocal leadership role, um, you know, making sure that um, the young guys are coming along well with, with our schemes, with, with how we talk, with, you know, where slides are coming from, where recoveries are going. I feel like I've had a good grasp of that for, for a little bit and, to, you know, feel like my my role is to, you know, get some guys who maybe making a mistake on the field, taking them aside and and kind of showing them, you know, where they where they were wrong here or, you know, constructive criticism, not necessarily in a loud, you know, overarching kind of tone where everyone can hear it, but more in that one-on-one um, kind of section off to the side where, you know, they may be able to, you know, take it to heart a little better. I had a question for Connor Delaney. So you're accustomed to being on a basketball team the last couple of years. Basketball team has 12 guys. You can see everybody's faces. How long did it take you to uh, know everybody's name and jersey number or just being able to recognize and know everybody's name on the team? How long did that take? So I guess it definitely helped that I was a lacrosse fan coming in. So I knew at least what the guys that played a lot looked like. And I was already you know, friends with, you know, some of the kids in my grade, but um, I think it's a pretty, pretty big freshman class. So it probably took me three or four weeks to, to get everyone's name and number down and, and how they kind of looked in a helmet. Um, but I kind of, you know, I wanted to make sure that I tried to accelerate that process as much as I could. Um, Cause I, I, I figured that would just kind of help me um, fit in with the team a little bit more. And I'll be honest, wearing the masks, that doesn't help either. Uh, Not at all. Quick, quick story for you guys. First day of practice, I had a about a 90-second conversation with Casey McDermott. The whole time I thought it was Ryan Darby that I was talking to. Because <laughs> they, have, they have the same hair, same exact hair color, same like basically hairstyle. He was wearing a mask. I was asking him about goalie questions and then all of a sudden I could tell he was just looking at me with that deer in the headlights look and I realized I was just talking to the wrong guy. So I can, I can understand how that was a little difficult to start the year. Knowing Casey, he probably just rolled with it and was just answering your goalie questions for him. He pretty much did. He, he didn't realize that I didn't, that I didn't know it was him for a good 60 seconds or so. Yeah, so I want to I wanna talk a little bit about Connor, I mean, you know, your, your role changed a little bit, you know, change of positions. Um, it, it looks like you feel really comfortable there and, you know, kind of what, what that conversation was like and, um, you know, how, how you feel about that and, and has that kind of, 
you know, I don't, I don't know too many middies that, you know, play mini go to attack, get beat up by a long pole all the time that are super happy about that piece. But, you know, I, like I said, like you said before, I've noticed you're having a lot of fun, right. And you're having a lot of fun. Ultimately that's, that's the goal. And um, it looks that way to a lot of people that you got, you can see that, right. Watching guys on TV or in person, there's a lot of fun there. So how has that been this year? Kind of in a, in a different role schematically, I guess, is what I would say. Um, and, and how you adjusted. Yeah. I mean, I know you guys are probably looking for a long, extensive conversation that I have with Coach Milliman about like how the position change was going to go and what even happened. And it wasn't very long and it wasn't very extensive. He kind of mentioned it in the fall that they were thinking about putting me down there. And the first day of spring practice happened and we were kind of broken up into groups and I ended up being on the attack list. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm playing attack this year. So uh, that's how the conversation went really. But um, as an adjustment period, I mean, schematically, I played attack in high school a lot. So I played for three years in high school and I made a similar transition after my freshman year. So, you know, before when I figured out I was playing attack, my high school coach reached out to me. He was like, hey, you've made this transition before. It worked out pretty well. Don't be nervous. It's still the same sport. And that was the one thing that kind of resonated with me as, as the season progressed. And as we've been kind of going on, it's just I'm just kind of learning as much as I can every single day from the older guys and the older attackmen, even like picking Cole's brain. He's also made a positional change where hey, what do you think about this? How do you think I should approach this game? How do you think I should approach this defender? Like, just learning as much as I can. And so far, the adjustment's been great. The coaches have been great. Coach Junior's been coaching up the attack as much as he can. And I've been having the most fun I've had in lacrosse in a very long time. So I'm really excited for that. And that's what it's all about. It's good to hear. Uh, and Connor Delaney, one thing I, I want to ask you about um, – and I listened to Matt's interview with you last week and, you know, obviously seen you play basketball and knew that you had a lacrosse background as well. And, and, you know, I wasn't surprised to see you playing in, in, in that role and doing very well. But one of the things that stuck out to me was more of the like off ball kind of IQ type things that I'm seeing, um, which doesn't look like someone that hasn't played in four years. So kind of like what, where was that adjustment? Is it, is it a film thing that you're doing? You know, I look back to the play you made uh, last week um, in transition, the assisted Joey, um, and just seeing how you ran that transition so well and, and, and stayed in the play, did, you know, got yourself covered up, made the pass, and um, those type of things. And, and how does that feel? I know the physical piece is probably very similar to the way you play defense in basketball, but the kind of IQ game piece. I mean, I think it's kind of the same answer. It's just it's, it's a similar sport in terms of not only defense, but how you run transition. And, um, you know, I did a lot of that my senior year of high school. Um, I was kind of given a lot of freedom to um, clear the ball with the midfielders, kind of stay on the offensive side and, um, you know, do my thing in transition. And, um, you know, some of the concepts in, in four and three breaks are exactly like on the basketball court. You got to draw one man, find the two on one, um, you know, make smart passes. And, um, you know, obviously that took, a little bit of, of proving, um, you know, just making sure that um, in early stages of practice, as, as we got closer and closer to the season, trying to find opportunities in practice to make those plays to, to prove to the coaches that, uh, and, and, you know, the attack one of the midfielders that they could trust me to, you know, throw the ball and have me make a right decision um, in transition. And um, it was also just having confidence in myself that um, I knew that, I'm, I'm, you know, a smart enough player to, to make the right play and just having, you know, confidence that um, it's, it's, you know, I'm going to actually do that and, and make a right pass. I, I got one more question. This one's going to go back to Diso. Um, I just 
thinking back to last summer, Coach Millman comes in. Um, you're still waiting for him to kind of fill out his staff. And I remember when I got the news that John Grant Jr. was going to be the offensive coordinator. That was, for me, I, I didn't grow up as a lacrosse person necessarily, but I knew who J John Grant Jr. was. And I, it came as, you know, kind of a shocking development to me when I found out what was your initial reaction and what was the group text like of the offensive guys when, uh, when you find out Junior's coming? When I first found out, I was like freaking out. I was, I was completely in shock. I was like the best lacrosse player to possibly ever play is about to be our offensive coordinator. Like, this is going to be awesome. He's going to develop us so great. And I immediately, we all just immediately shot in the offensive group chat and everyone was just so fired up. Just, and we, and actually what happened was we called Kyle Marr, who was on team two years ago, played on Denver Outlaws and he played with coach Junes. And we're like, Hey, Kyle, like, what do you think? Like, we're so fired up. We're really excited for what's about to happen. And Kyle just dropped everything he was doing. He's like, you're going to love this guy. He's, he's the ultimate player coach. He's going to develop you. You guys are going to be phenomenal. You guys got to score more goals than you ever have. So, I mean, ever since then, the offense has been loving it and we've been having a great time just shooting jokes back and forth with them. And he really is the ultimate players coach where he keeps, he always says it, it's, it's a democracy. You know, it's like we shoot ideas at him, he shoots them at us, and then we compromise somewhere in the middle. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, and it really seems like th that coaching staff, there's such a good, like, kind of dichotomy between everybody because you got junior who really seems to be like the laid back kind of jokester coach Milliman kind of seems to be right down the middle a little bit and then you got Jameson who is the most intense guy I've ever met in my life and so so Connor Delaney I guess I, I can you know kind of pose that question over to you since you get to work with uh with Jameson Kessler a lot what's he been like as a coach and is he as intense as he comes across when I see him at practice every day I think the biggest thing with him is he has the most energy of anybody on the field and talking with the, you know, the guys, the guys that have been on the team for a while, it, it just has changed the dynamic of the defense so much where guys are so excited to, to come to practice and to get work in and he's going to be yelling and screaming and, and hyping up the offensive guys when they do something good and, and saying like, uh, you know, go at 55, go at 55, you can't guard you. Like, it's, it, you know, it fires us up to to want to make plays and want to fly around. And, um, you know, he's definitely intense when we, you know, maybe are a little, play a little slow or screw something up. But um, his, his tone of voice, it, it, it always comes off in a supportive manner. And he wants the best out of all of us. And, you know, he wants us to – succeed as a unit you know it's, it's it's never you know the the top guys are better than the bottom guys he wants us our you know entire unit from you know Jack Lyon is a graduate student to um you know some of our freshmen like like Cody Anson um Marcelo um he wants everyone to to enjoy themselves out there to have fun and and fly around and, and just make plays and it's been such a such a joy for for me to play you know for myself to play for him. So I got to ask Connor, Coach Kester is a pretty big guy. He can move pretty well. Uh, any talk about you getting him on the basketball court at all after the season? And, and who would win? I mean, I guess I have to see him shoot a jump shot first because if he can't shoot, I'm not going to play him outside. But, <laughs> no, he, he, definitely look, he definitely looks like he can still step on a cross field. That's the one, that's oh, yeah. the one thing I noticed. Um, I feel like Coach, Coach Junior actually wants me to play, play him in basketball after the season. So 
we'll see about that. But um, if, if if Coach K can make a jump shot, he'd be a tough he'd be a tough guard for sure. He's a tough cover. I've seen uh, Coach Coach K highlights back when he was in college. He had some wheels, so he was a speedster. Yeah, he he definitely is the physical uh, specimen there. So you're, well, Coach Junior probably bang you up a little bit down low too. He's he's pretty physical. He plays uh, basketball the way he plays lacrosse. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's no moving him off his line. Well, Al, you got anything else for the guys? No, no, I just, um, you know, want you guys to rest up and, and you know, good luck uh, tomorrow and then obviously the rest of the way out. Um, you know, I, I'm, like I said before, I'm really enjoying watching you guys play um, and, you know, looking forward to seeing that energy and those those celebrations and, and uh, feeling that on the sideline for you guys. Connor DeSmith and Connor Delaney, thanks again for joining us. Best of luck tomorrow against the Scarlet Knights. And we uh, – I guess I, I'll see you tomorrow in the morning. Thanks for having us on. We really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate it.